I'm Koro Vakauta. Welcome to Champions of the Pacific, where we explore the world of the Pacifica athlete. Half a day, I'm Tale Anderson. Today, a pioneering Tongan Olympian, a history-making Tahitian Cook Islander, looks to flip the world of sports administration on its head. And there's a former Black Fern and Tongan international looking to make a positive change in her community. Amini Fonua has represented Tonga at two Olympics and is striving to make another one in Tokyo this year. He's won a bunch of regional medals in the pool and carried the flag for the kingdom at the 2012 London Games. But it's his impact outside of the pool as a gay athlete, which is just as impressive becoming a spokesman and advocate for the rainbow community, particularly Pacifica youth. We were joined by Fonua via Zoom from his New York apartment and he tells us about his journey coming out so publicly and the years since. My university, Texas A&M, was receiving a lot of backlash and criticism for being quite a homophobic university. So that was the, the college and the uni that I competed for here in the US. I just kind of wanted to defend my uni and uh, let the world know that it wasn't, it wasn't as homophobic and not, it wasn't as prejudiced as people believed that it was. So my reason for coming out was just to kind of silence all the haters of my uni saying that it was a homophobic environment and it wasn't because, you know, obviously I'd been there. I was a team captain there. We were like listed on the top five most homophobic campuses in the U.S. And I just thought that was really wrong given my experience there. I was just sharing kind of my truth with the world more or less out of defense for my school. And was it a difficult decision? No, not really. I was just sharing my truth. The truth should come easy to people, I think. In your sharing, I don't know if this has happened consciously or it's just an, an inverted thing, you seem to have become a role, role model somewhat in terms of those in the rainbow community who are sports people or even those who aren't, but those who just are maybe reaching that crossroads about sharing their truth, as you say. Do you notice that? And if so, how important is it for you? I think it's incredibly important to be a role model for the LGBTQ community, uh, the rainbow community. I don't think we really realize how important role models are until we start growing up and thinking back to what we were like when we were younger. Uh, I just remember sitting at a computer being like 14, 15, trying to find like other LGBTQ sports people, trying to sort of maybe mirror a little bit of myself after them and feel inspired and finding some common ground with people that have probably ventured out on the journey. And thankfully, since 2012, it's just gone from strength to strength. We've got more and more athletes coming out. It'd be nice to see a few more brown people. Yeah, just to see a lot of people coming out and kind of paving the way. There's a power in presence for sure. Have or do athletes approach you in confidence? Not really, no. I have had a few sort of DMs, I guess, or like messages that go through but not really. I would, I would welcome that. And, and, you know, anyone's very welcome to, to reach out to me. I have met a lot of Tongan Island kids here in the U.S. that have grown up that have admired me. And that's nice. It's nice to have that. It's good to know that what you're doing is inspiring younger generations to live a more authentic life. And uh, what, what's the reaction been like from Tonga? Oh, it's definitely mixed. We do have a long ways to go in terms of standing up for our rainbow community say it's like 50 50 as 50 percent of people are very encouraging and welcoming and then the other 50 percent would really prefer would prefer it to be non-existent but it's changing i think that with the younger generations coming up 
it's going to change. Now you're in this position and we talked about being a role model. Does this kind of add to the pressure of your sporting feats? You know, for example, the Olympics, you obviously want to make the Olympics as a swimmer, but also it gives you a great platform. I think so. If anybody sees me and sees a little bit of themselves and my journey and what I do and what I try to accomplish, that's great. Ultimately, I think the sport is something that you've just, you've got to do it for yourself. Swimming is a very tough sport and, and you really have to ultimately want to get up and get going. It does add a little bit of fuel to the fire. It's certainly something that I think about, but it's certainly like an added bonus. You know, it's nice to be appreciated and feel like what you're doing is seen, especially by our Polynesian Pacific Island youth. It's still in many parts of the Pacific, very difficult to be openly gay. But yeah, if anybody sees a little bit of themselves in my journey, I, I love that because that's kind of, you know, what I'd hoped for when I was a kid growing up. And um, I hope that we can see more uh, Pacific people getting involved in swimming. The queer stuff is very important to me, but, you know, we have a really, we have a tough time with uh, water safety and the swimming skill in the Pacific still. So as much as it's great to spread you know, gay rights and queer rights and trans rights all across the Pacific. I think um, having kids learn how to swim, you know, water safety skills that will last them a lifetime. I think that is, I think that's like the biggest thing that makes me happy about what I do. Amini Fonua has raised almost 4,000 US dollars via a GoFundMe account as he is receiving no government funding for his mission to make the next Olympics. Well, there you go. If you want to support another Pacifica athlete uh, making the world stage, check out that GoFundMe page. Meanwhile, Andre Woodick is another Pacifica man making waves of his own, but in the back offices and boardrooms of rugby league. Andre has a Tahitian father and Rarotongan mother and is the younger brother of former Kiwi international John Woodicker. Earlier this year, he was named CEO of Wellington Rugby League, the first Pacifica person to hold the position. Very humbling uh, feeling to know that that's actually the case, but also go into it knowing that um, part of our, our, our background and our heritage helps us take up those challenges. So always mindful of that, of where I've come from, who's behind me and who I'm, who I'm representing. Yeah. You kind of touch on it. How will your heritage and that Pacifica makeup aid you in your job, or how does it frame what you do? Definitely, if we look at the statistics of makeup of people who take part in the game, high percentage of Māori and Pacifica. So, so firstly, coming from my Pacifica background, that helps me understand. I guess some of the things that the values that are important to Pacifica and Māori, and you know, there are similar things. They're around family. They're around having a sense of spirituality in what you do, and it's about being connected to your community. So. You need to understand that when you're working uh, with Pacifica stakeholders, uh, that you're not engaging that person that's in front of you, but their family and their community. Uh, understanding of how you bring that into the into the work you're doing. That engaging the Pacifica uh, community, it seemed to always be at the forefront of what you were doing. Well, if we go back to my initial club, which is Randwick, there's been a very strong Cook Island base there. And... I guess the base of the club in Randwick is not only Cook Island, it's, it's grown actually right now at the moment as a very strong Tokelau background, but also other people. So, And if you look at um, rugby league in New Zealand compared to, say, other sports, we've been one of the first sports where Pacific people um, are national representatives. So if I think back to people like actually Roy Christian, who was in, in the 60s in the Kiwis, and then players like Dennis Williams, uh, my brother John Whitaker, and of late, you know, we saw players like um, Fred Akoi, uh, James Luluai, Olsen Filipina, and right through to now where we've had players like Ben Matalino from here in Lower Hutt. 
uh, I guess the person that's out there right at the moment is Nelson Asofa Solomona. So there's a very strong thread of uh, firstly history of Pacifica people in the game, them following and continuing to be involved. Pacific people are attracted to the game of rugby league because of the communities that we come from. You know, we're always strong on history and, and looking at who's gone before us. When we see people like Roy Christian, like Dennis Williams, like Fred Arkoy representing us, it inspires us to want to follow, follow in their footsteps. You've been on record saying that both the Māori and Pacifica communities are pretty much the future of the sport. What, what do you mean by that? It's not meaning exclusively Māori and Pacifica. The fact is the numbers of um, participants in, in the game of Pacific people is around 86%. If that is the strong stakeholder group, then the future of the game needs to understand engaging and those communities are around values and around systems that resonate with them so that they continue to grow and flourish in the game. Actually, what are the values? What are some of the things we talk about? And we talk about things using the Māori tun whakapapa, history and links to people. So working with a Pacific uh, community and stakeholder in rugby league we need to continually reference who are the people that have gone before us because that's important. We need to continually reference our families and ensure that our families have a place and a voice within the game. And those kinds of things is where I say where the future is. If our Pacific people uh, make up the numbers, we need to think about how do we actually engage them in a meaningful way that resonates with them so they continue to enjoy the game. We're seeing Pacifica dominate all sorts of sports in Aotearoa, uh, but not necessarily apparent in the administration and the boardrooms, that sort of thing. Is that something that could be worked on? Uh, 100%. Yes, as you've pointed out, it's one thing having the players in the game. I'll mention Tana Umanga here and it's talking, and I remember him saying, well, we're always um, in the game, but it's about how do we take part from the sideline and be more meaningfully engaged, um, not only as coaches and managers, but in, in governance. I think one of the things that needs to happen is that uh, firstly, recognising that stakeholder group, as I was talking about earlier, and then and then actually valuing what they bring to the game and giving that the same um, validity and credibility as other as other pillars in the game. So, if we talk about things like governance, for example, things around um, you know finance and audit and risk committees, there are things around bylaws. Well, equally, you need to hold in the same frame values that resonate with Pacific people. So, if you have values and I'm using Māori terms here, like manakitanga, uh, like whanaungatanga, then um, they need to hold the same, same weight and same value in how you run the organisation. That's the CEO of Wellington Rugby League, Andre Whitaker. He sounds like he's doing some really incredible work down in the capital koro. Yeah, indeed, T. He's really flipping, as we said earlier, flipping the whole administrative model on its head and putting Pacifica values at the top. powerhouse on the field in both rugby and rugby league, the former Black Fern and Tongan League international Mele Hufanga is showing her love for the community by using her skills to improve the lives of Pacifica. I checked out her bootcamp style challenges, Beast Mode. Welcome everyone, welcome to Old Faces, New Faces and Okay. <laughs> it's called the Beast Mode Challenge. So today was just all about um, weighing in everyone that's in the challenge, going through our expectations and rules that we want them to, to follow throughout this whole six weeks. There's 109 people uh, right now in the challenge, so I'm guessing there'll be 100 people in that room. It's all about helping others and making sure that, you know, that what we're doing is actually helping them in their life. Um, 
us Pacifica, uh, Pacific Islanders, um, the stats is so high about us being obese, overweight. So when I do these challenges and people come, it makes it even more amazing because people are willing to get out there and to get off their couch, get off all that kind of bad things that they, they used to do and to, you know, be active, exercise more and to just live a better, healthier life. So for me to do that, to help them, it's just an amazing feeling. Okay. Well, throughout all my experience of challenges, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not a nutritionist or like, you know, a PT, I'm none of that. Outside of this, you've got your full-time job, you've got your own sport commitments, but you're holding these sessions six days a week. Why is that important for you to provide this challenge for our Pacifica people? For me, growing up, even though I was sporty and playing different kind of sports, I didn't really have that support or I didn't have that social life that I could be able to go out there and, you know, meet new people, do challenges, not just out, not just rugby. Growing up as well, like, you know, mum's diabetic type 2 and just seeing, like, you know, mum being diabetic, I didn't really get to socialise other people and... The reason why I'm doing this is to just to help our Pacifica people. I know that I can't save everyone, but at least I know that I'm helping others that's in need of help, especially losing weight, whether it's they're getting fitter, whether they're obese or overweight because they can't have kids. I have this one girl who came up to me and said that um, her and her husband been married for like well, five years now, but they're trying to have kids, but she can't because she needs to lose weight. Um, she's almost at that line when she's being diabetic so I took her for 10 weeks it was meant to be eight weeks but COVID happens so took her for 10 weeks and as soon as that 10 weeks was done she came up to me and she said that she's uh, she went to the doctor and the doctor told her hey look you're not on that mark anymore about uh for you being diabetic and she felt pregnant as well so that's those are the kind of things that makes it important to me the second thing you have done is you entered the weigh-in you're here today so you might as well go all the way well, to get 109 people, you must be doing something right. Why do you think uh, your boot camps are so successful and more people are coming on board and wanting to join? Maybe because I have my own style of doing it. I've seen other people, like this Brown Pride, which is amazing. Other people do their own challenges. Um, they have their own style of doing it. But mine, I just like to just do it in a unique way that I know it's my own name. Like I said today, that, you know, I'm not a professional about being PT or nutritionist, but throughout my experiences, I use that. I use that throughout my challenges, okay? And I, I think maybe it's probably because it's cheaper. <laughs> maybe because it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. It might shift, but that's okay. Skip the nut. It's alright. <laughs> <laughs> Is this something that you'd like to continue with? I mean, post-rugby or just, you know, for here on in? Uh, definitely. Uh, definitely. Only because, you know, I like to do something different, not only just play sports and this and that. People see me play sports, but people haven't seen me do this other side, and it's pretty cool standing there and yelling at them, get on the line! Why are you late? That's pretty cool. Um, but definitely um, something that I will be um, looking forward to do more of. I know for a fact if there's another one, it'll be way bigger, so I need to start planning on other things to do, getting a bigger facility, this and that, so... Former Black Fern and Tongan League international Mele Hufanga. Wow, what a legend. Man, um, so are you tempted to get involved in that? <laughs>
Uh, yeah, yeah, nah, 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 not oh, yet. I'm not on. ready for those early morning wake-up calls, but uh, maybe next time. Okay, we should check it out later. But anyway, if you're tempted to hear more from Champions of the Pacific, you can find us online at rnz.co.nz and click on the Pacific tab, or we broadcast into the region on RNZ Pacific and RNZ National. Download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favourite sounds. Until then, sabo. Maruru.